Now, as we've been discussing for these last couple of weeks, it's been a crazy news week, mainly due to the fact that, like the United States, the UK has been taking in uh, millions and millions of undocumented Muslim migrants. And uh, now we're starting to kind of feel the ramifications from all that. We're watching all these pro-Hamas protesters pour out in the street uh, and, and they're spewing hate. They're uh, preaching for the annihilation of, of just Jewish people all over the world, but mainly in Israel. And um, I figured, why not turn to our friend at the absolute truth, Emma Robinson, uh, across the pond. He knows it better than anyone else. Uh, filmmaker Tommy Robinson to kind of chat it up a little bit about everything that's going on. So, Tommy, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me on, Brianna. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, first things first, I'm super excited for you, right? Because it's long overdue. You have had your Twitter account reinstated. So you were back on Twitter. Elon Musk freed you from jail. Um, what's your reaction to all of this? Because, I mean, this just happened a couple of, maybe, what, 24 hours ago, 48 hours ago. Uh, what's your reaction to all of this? The feeling to be able to counter the lies. Do you know how frustrating it is when you have to sit there and you watch politicians or you watch journalists just lie, continuously lie? And you know you can prove it as a lie, but you don't even have a right to reply or a voice. It's been incredibly frustrating. Um, but now I have my voice back so I can counter the lies, not just counter the lies. I, t I take passion from the fact that I can awaken people to realising what's going on. So I see I've gone up 60,000 followers in 24 hours, even though I'm shadow banned. So there will be a lot of people concerned and worried in the British establishment. And um, it's great to have my voice back. So I'm grateful to Elon Musk. I'm grateful for freedom of speech. Um, yeah, I'm excited and I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. I was excited when I saw you come back on. I know you made a previous account and it was banned with really no explanation. So it's exciting to see you back on. And honestly, you've wasted no time jumping back into the fray and going after people. So I appreciate it because it was a little bit of a lonely world on Twitter. I mean, it was like me and a couple of my other extremism friends uh, out there preaching truth. And uh, unfortunately, we were very limited. And then they started allowing everyone else back on. So it's good to see you back on, Tommy. I want to jump into what you've been working on, though. Uh, you are on Rumble. You are constantly releasing content where you're confronting people, exposing the truth that nobody wants to talk about because they're too afraid of being called names. But you're fearless, so you don't care for that. Uh, and you're, you're, you're literally confronting rapists, right? These, these Muslim migrants who have come into the, uh, to the UK, you're confronting them. Um, and you had this great teaser for an episode you're about to release, I believe, sometime next week, if I'm if I'm right. Right, Tommy? It's coming out next week. It's literally, we're just finishing off the final edits to it. it it's episode five. So this is the fifth part in our, in our series. It's called The Rape of Britain. Um, yeah. We spent 12 to 18 months with 12 girls who were victims of these gangs. Some of them raped over hundreds of times by hundreds of different men. And then we listened to their stories. We literally done an in-depth police investigation, police-style investigation, when the men are named by three of the girls, so this is three girls that don't know each other, we, we piece it together. When they're named and their names flag up three times, we go after them. So any of the men you're seeing confronted aren't named by one girl, they aren't named by two, they're flagged by three separate victims. They all tell the same story. So you've got what girl A and girl C, who are from different parts of the same town, making the same allegations of the same crimes of trafficking, sexual abuse, torture, drugs, all of these things against the same men. So if we if we've managed to do that, we ask the serious question is why why are the police in, in this town of Telford, the police identified 200 men that were involved in these rapes. They only prosecuted 11. Why have the other 189 rapists not been prosecuted? And what we see our job is to do now is to um, is to challenge the men and give them a right to apply on camera.
Yeah. Yeah, let's play let's play your teaser that you just dropped on Rumble real quick and then I want to ask you a couple of questions about this cuz I think it's fascinating what's going on right now in the UK. There should have been hundreds who went to prison, not just 10, 12. Why have they got a target? A 60-year-old woman disabled. No one's going to help me, even the police ain't going to help me. We're supposed to be safe where we are and I'm even too scared to get out of the car going to shop. I beg the police to move me and protect me. There's only you that's offered to help me. You've impregnated a child. We need to ask you some questions. They're still raping the girls. They've got girls. They've groomed as a child and now they're selling them as an adult. And that's because they've got them hooked on drugs as a child. You dragged a 12-year-old girl and you raped her. You forcefully raped her with gangs of men. You forcefully raped a 12-year-old girl. You took her to the weekend and you raped her. What would you have to say? Watch this. This is going to go out on a documentary. You're a star. You're a star of episode five, Rape of Britain. Never going to get them sent to prison or anything no more because the police don't care. But me telling the world what they done, that's enough. Tommy, I'm from New York, and and we, uh, well, I've, I haven't gone back in a couple of years now, but th there's an issue there, and it's that they've accepted thousands and thousands of illegal migrants, and they're pouring them into communities, the suburbs. It's not just New York City; it's the suburbs. It's it's Republican districts, and um, we're watching as these these undocumented men are being placed strategically in communities that they don't belong in, and we're watching as sexual assault skyrocket. Um, I know just right off the bat when they started sending. Um, these migrants from New York City to uh, Albany and areas around Albany. In one week alone, there was two sexual assaults in one town, and it was from these migrants. And there's very few people that will stand up and say, hey, we've got an issue here. And I know you guys are having this issue as well in the UK. Um, number one, why is this happening right now in the UK? And why do you feel the need to be the voice of reason here and confronting these these rapists and and just flat out calling out what's going on because it's flat out wrong but the government doesn't even want to call it out so why are you doing it, it i'll start with it's, it's not just that people won't stand up to it your politicians will actually cover for them they'll actually hide it the media the media will actively what, what we've seen in the uk which isn't my opinion it, it was my opinion for years and everyone said i was lying but in 2015 we had a government a government inquiry into a town called rotherham where we found out 1,400 children have been raped in that town alone, yeah? And in, in that town, we found that the police and the council and the Muslim community had conspired together to keep this a secret. The reason given for why they allowed these men to rape the children was due to the fear of being branded racist. The police, so if, if, if ever you want to ask yourself how powerful is political correctness, it's that powerful that it paralyzed the police force from actually enforcing the law when 30 or 40 year old men were kidnapping 11 and 12 year old children and gang raping them in houses. They allowed it to happen. I know that sounds unbelievable. Any of you can research the town of Rotherham. Now, in the town, in the town that I'm focused on, on my documentary series and the problem you have, you see your open border immigration. Like you haven't had Islamic immigration to mass numbers. You're about to. And you currently have under Biden's regime. So under Biden, your borders are open to all Somalis, all Afghanis, all Pakistanis. You are now getting the same sort of immigration we've had. For years, I've looked at America and thought, I wish we had Mexican immigration. 
You have no idea what's coming with Islamic immigration. You have no idea of the cultural difference, the, the, the different view of women, their different belief system. And so I can explain that to you. In the UK, 5% of our country is Muslim. 90% of the convictions for groups of men that rape children, 90% of the convictions of Muslim men, 30% are called Muhammad. These are crimes that our country has never seen, where brothers, fathers, sons, brother-in-laws, all colleagues in businesses share 11 and 12-year-old children and gang rape them. In the town that I focused on in Telford, this is such a shock and he's coming to America. The, the, the town that I focused on in Telford has a Muslim population of 1.7%. To understand how big the problem is, 1.7%. There's no Muslims there. There's three and a half thousand Muslims there. Take away the women, take away the under 16s, take away the over 70s. So when you get the Muslim men that fit into the bracket of men that can be involved in this crime, there's a thousand. The police identified 200. 20% of the Muslim men in that town have been raping kids. In that town alone, there's a thousand victims. Five of them are dead. Five of them are dead. This is just in one town in the UK. There are 65 cities. In the UK, pretty much every city that has a Muslim community now, there are gangs like this operating with full knowledge of our council, police and government. And they've known they were forced to deal with this issue because thousands of young men were taken to the streets under the banner of the English Defence League. And we forced this, we shifted the over window, we made it acceptable to talk about and we made them enforce the laws against these criminals. But they still haven't, as I said, my documentary focusing on the men that aren't getting prosecuted. Because if they're not getting prosecuted, they're still a danger to children in that town. And we think that the girls' lives have been destroyed. I've spent, I've, I've got to know all these victims. They're suicidal 10, 15 years later. Their lives are absolutely destroyed while these men are driving around in sports cars running businesses in the town. So it's a shocking story. It's actually like a horror movie when you go through it. When you watch our episodes, this is the fifth series. The fifth series is about how the police, the police leave the girls. When the girls go to the police as witnesses, the police purposely leave them in vulnerable situations to come under violent attack so that they pull out of the court cases. And we prove that in this film. We have covert recordings. We, um, we go after police officers. In, 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 our, in our first episode, we find corrupt police officers who are working with the gangs. We have witness accounts and receiving money. It's a, it's a, I'm not just saying it because it's my journalism, but it's, it's an amazing investigative journalist uh, documentary series. Yeah, yeah. The work that you do is incredible. Um, just confronting these people alone is something that many won't do. And so I commend you for being able to do it. But like you said, there's a cultural difference that most people don't want to acknowledge. And it's not a bad thing that we just have our differences. But when you mix cultures and you bring them all together, you are asking for problems and people don't want to accept that. Um, you pointed this story out to me, and I think it's it really highlights, again, another difference that people don't realize. And it's general mutilation. And it's going on right now. I hear about this all the time happening in Africa. But uh, you guys just had a recent 39-year-old woman convicted of taking a three-year-old girl and, and sadly having this procedure done on her. Um, why is this case so groundbreaking in the UK right now? 2015 and 2023, 75,000 British children had, had female genital mutilation. They had their clitorises cut off. Yeah, they were mutilated. 75,000 children. Yeah, in one year alone, in 2020 20 to 21, there was 5,600. Now, it's been against the law. It carries a 14-year prison sentence since the 1980s. No one's ever been sent to jail. So how big of a problem do you, do you have when you open your borders to Islamic immigration? If these children, because it's a crime for both the parents, so both the parents, 75,000, we only have 88,000 prison places in our country. 
if you if you wanted to send each parent to jail, you can't because you can't fit them in the prisons. So the problem is that vast and that huge that we are actually allowing these children. They may be Muslim children. They're British children. They should be protected by British law. This is the first case. She, she took the child to Kenya, I believe, this lady. Yeah? Yeah. But none of them, none of them have received the sentences. As I said, it's been against the law since the 1980s. This is another, another, another crime that they've allowed to go on because they didn't want to upset the Islamic community. They allowed the rape of our children. They allowed this. There's so many problems. I'll give you another, another statistic. Pakistanis make up 3% of the British population. They, they marry their cousins. In Bradford alone, 76% of Pakistanis have first cousin marriage. Out of the 3% Pakistani population, child defects, Pakistanis are responsible for 33%. Because you're marrying your cousins. It's against the law to marry your cousins. We need yeah. to stop them marrying their cousins. The cost to not just the National Health Service, but 33% of children with child defects. Because you decide, why, do, why do they marry their cousin? Because they're profited. Why do they rape non-Muslim girls? Because they're profited. They, he, he took sexual slaves. He had sex with, he, he raped Aisha when she was nine years old. All of the teachings and all of the things that happen is because the prophet did. And unfortunately, under Islam, women are supposed to not enjoy sex. They're, they're just there to reproduce. So they decide to cut their genitals off. Yeah. Yeah, it's disturbing. I mean, I remember here in the U.S., when we had Barack Obama in the White House, there was a case in Texas where um, I don't remember what country they, they migrated from, but there was a, a Middle Eastern father who um, was upset with his two daughters for when he caught them dating because they were in high school. And so they were dating uh, men and he wasn't very happy about that. So they had actually run away from their home. Uh, sadly, their mother ended up luring them back into the house and told them, your father's not mad at you. Don't don't worry about it. And um, unfortunately, those two girls were shot and killed. And I remember by the father, by the way, and I remember the media not covering it um, because I didn't want to put this stigma onto the Muslim com the, uh, community. And for me, I mean, that was so groundbreaking as if uh, why wouldn't we cover this? Uh, we should be exposing this because it's going on all around the world and it happened here in the US. What's that? And when they call it honor killing. How is there any honor? How are you giving these fancy little pretty names to murder and, and, and execution of children? Yeah. Just like in the UK, we call it grooming, yeah? It's not grooming. They call the rape of young girls grooming. It's actually rape jihad. That's what's going on, yeah? It's not grooming. And again, in one of our episodes, we look at, we take the witnesses, uh, what happened, we look at the teachings of Islam to try to understand why Muslims are so overrepresented in the convictions of these cases. The Sikh community are not raping young girls like this. The Hindu community are not raping young girls like this. The Jewish community are not raping young girls like this. There's something very fundamental different in the teachings of Islam and the mindset of their views against us as non-Muslims. And it's something that everyone needs to wake up. Your borders are open. Millions of them are coming in. You're going to bring in problems that you have no control over. And they become such a vast vote bank in politics that your politicians will appease them at every level, just as we see in yeah. the UK right now. Yeah, no, we're seeing that too. Um, speaking of politicians appeasing uh, these 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 pro-Hamas protesters, you guys are having the same protests that we're having here in the United States. So you're seeing all these pro-Hamas protesters flood the streets uh, with anti-Semitic slogans. They're getting violent. Uh, sadly, in LA, we saw a 65-year-old Jewish man get hit by one of these protesters, and sadly, he has passed away. And our media won't even call it out for what it is. I mean, they said he got into a scruffle. He didn't get a scruffle. He, he, he got hit in the head, and he was killed. He was murdered. 
Uh, but yet again, they don't want to address the issue as it is. Uh, but you do have one politician. I did like what she, she made these comments. So your UK Home Secretary, Braverman, uh, went out and had these harsh words for what these pro-Hamas protests actually are, what mo most politicians won't say what they are. Let's, let's hear what she had to say, and then I want your reaction. Let me explain what we've seen over the last few weekends. We've seen now tens of thousands of people take to the streets following the massacre of Jewish people, the single largest loss of Jewish life since the Holocaust, chanting for the erasure of Israel from the map. To my mind, there's only one way to describe those marches. They are hate marches. But what the police have made clear is that they are concerned that there's a large number of bad actors who are deliberately operating beneath the criminal threshold in a way which you or I or the vast majority of British people would consider to be utterly odious. Now, we keep our laws under review, and if there is a need to change the law, just as we did in relation to Just Stop Oil protests last year, I will not hesitate to act. But I have made my views clear. These are hate marches, and the police must take a zero-tolerance approach to anti-Semitism. Those are strong words from a politician these days. Here in the U.S., you know, they, they want to tell, they want to, they want to cross a line because we've got some pro-Hamas uh, congresswomen in, in our uh, DC, Washington, D.C. right now, so they don't want to upset them too much. But um, you've seen the final brave one. What's your reaction to her comments? Um, she's, she has the potential to be an amazing leader for this country, if she, it, it, eventually. Um, it's whether they follow through. When they talk about these bad actors, we have an Iranian proxy army on our streets, funded by Iran. Yeah? We have, when we talk about Hamas, a group called Hizbut Tahir, who are prescribed terrorist organisation in pretty much Arab, every Arab nation, because Arab nations know how they have to deal with these people. Yeah? So they're prescribed as terrorist organizations. In many European countries, they're prescribed as terrorist organization. They're free to operate. They're organizing demonstrations. The demonstration this Saturday, former Hamas leaders, former Hamas activists are, are organizers of it. They should be prescribed. His here should be prescribed. Their leaders are literally standing on the streets of our country and calling for jihad. They're not being arrested. What we've witnessed is calls for jihad in mosque after mosque after mosque. Calls for cursing of the Jews, the infidels, the kafar, the, the amount of hatred we're seeing spewed on our streets and in mosques openly. The police already have laws that they can enforce to criminalise this, but they do nothing because they're intimidated by them. Instead, we've seen them approaching people with England flags, telling them to take them down. We've seen them arresting a man, dawn raiding his, his house because he criticised the Palestinian flag. So what we've seen in the last three weeks is Muslims in our country can call for jihad. They can call for the annihilation of the Jewish community. They can promote hatred unchallenged. Yeah, they can fly Hamas flags. They can fly Hezbollah flags. They can fly out uh, ISIS flags unchallenged. And we've seen oppression of the British public. What you're now going to see this Saturday is the British public have had enough. And the British public are coming out to show their opposition because they've, they've chose Armistice Day. Armistice Day is our, is our sacred day where we remember our armed forces. It's as important to us as is a mosque to them as their Quran is to them or their Prophet Muhammad is to them. And they've chose that day to come and march and insult our nation. They are purposely goading our population. They're, they're attacking war memorials continuously, attacking cenotaphs. So when the police have failed, which they have, the police have failed to enforce the law. They literally stand there and let them do it for the last three or four weeks. This Saturday, English patriots, British patriots will be coming into London to oppose and prevent them from desecrating our memorials. 
So, and that is a situation that's been brought on by the British police, by their failure and their cowardice and their weakness to deal with these, not migrant gangs, with these terrorists. They are terrorists and there's openly supporting terrorist organisations. And, um, but yeah, it's incredibly frustrating. I think it's been a massive wake up call to the British population who some people wouldn't realise how the police cower and pander to them. I'm born in Luton Town with a 50% Muslim population. I'm fully aware of how the police treat them with kid gloves and treat us with iron fists. But now it's played out on a national level. The whole world's got to see it. Everyone in our country's got to see it. Public opinion has certainly shifted. People are fed up. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, Tommy, I mean, I remember seeing a video from this weekend of um, one of the protesters uh, confronting a police officer and just asking why they weren't defending this Jewish man. And the officer just said, there's more of them than us. And so they were taking down even British flags. They were allowing them to fly Palestinian flags. Um, and that's just, um, it's, it's. I'll be nice and say bizarre, but it, it just shows that there's so much weakness within the police force because here in the U.S. too, they are afraid to confront these protesters because they know deep down inside that they are the violent ones. And so they're looking to pick the fight with the easiest ones, the people who probably won't push back and will be respectful. Um, you know, I hope that these protests that you guys are having this weekend, I hope they are peaceful because unfortunately we know the other side isn't. Uh, and we know that they they will get violence. And um, I just, I hope you and anyone else who attends, if you do attend, uh, you all stay safe because I really don't want anything bad to happen to you guys. Um, but we just, we know what, what comes out when, when you have a protest like this. It's usually the worst of the worst. Uh, regarding the people there. Um, Tommy, I'm excited because episode five is coming out and you guys can catch it. It's on his Rumble page at Tommy Robinson Official. That's how you look it up. Uh, you guys catch that next week. It's being released. Um, and then also, Tommy, people don't realize it, but being an independent journalist and doing an independent filmmaking is very expensive and uh, it's difficult to do. And I know that quite well. So if you'd like to support everything Tommy's working on, it's urbanscoop.news slash support us. That's where you can make a donation. There's all the different options on that page. Uh, and obviously, you know, you're, you're putting out great work. So why not support it? Independent journalism will save the world. So I would highly recommend everyone head over there to place a donation. Tommy, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to, to seeing how this weekend turns out. Tommy, thank you very much, Brianna. I've enjoyed it. For 10 years, Patriot Mobile has been America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. We are here to defend democracy. The misinformation poses a threat to our nation's health. Climate change is an emergency. Democratic socialism. Codified. Everyone's right to choose. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15. Glenn and the team have been great supporters of this show, which is why I'm so proud to partner with them. Patriot Mobile offers dependable nationwide coverage, giving you the ability to access all three major networks, which means you get the same coverage you've been accustomed to without funding the left. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're sending the message that you support free speech, religious freedom, the sanctity of life, Second Amendment, and our military veterans and first responder heroes. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. PatriotMobile.com slash Brianna. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Brianna. Or call 878-PATRIOT. After a long day of filming, I've got to somehow take off all this makeup, but make sure that I put the nutrients back into my skin that it desperately needs. So I found this new skincare line. I have to tell you all about it. 
Givaderma is all natural products. I use it twice a day, I use it in the morning and I also use it before I go to bed. First up, we have this clay cleanser. This is amazing because it takes up all of your makeup and it smells good too. Vitamin C is so important for brightening your skin. I also used to get super bad acne and so it's helping, um, I guess, kind of like blending my acne scars a little bit so they're not so bright anymore. Here it is, it's the vitamin C serum. Just little pumps and put it on. And then don't forget your neck. Now moving on to step three, that is their Uplift Serum. You don't have to do that much. So many times I have like these high-end products and I'm clogging my pores and you can see it. It's literally always around here and around my nose area. But for some reason, maybe it's just because it's natural and it's not all that garbage chemicals that are into it. It seems to clear it up so well. Step four, it's the Bamboo Mist. It feels so amazing on your skin. I mean, you could literally name all these products that are in it. Definitely also like a cooling. And then this one, it's called Nourish. It's like this amazing cream, super light. You don't need that much of it. And always make sure you get under the eye area, not in your eyes. Givaderm has done miracles for my skin. I highly recommend it to everyone, men and women, because guess what happens if you don't take care of your skin? It looks like you're aging quicker than what you really are aging. Natural products, all made in the USA. They don't support any of the garbage that comes out of China. It's not gonna be found in your products. I promise you that. You have to get this product. Click down the link below. Givaderm is the product name and the promo code for 10% off right now is Brianna. Well, let's be honest, right? Under Joe Biden, we've had plenty of economic woes Whoa! and uncertainties. Like many of you, I was getting a little nervous. So I turned to my dad for some advice. He's great at investing his money. He said, there's only one thing to do and that's to invest in gold and silver. I've never done it before. So I called our friend, Dr. Kirk Elliott. And I don't regret it at all because let me tell you guys, he gave me all the details I needed. So if you're like me and you're just trying to get your foot in the door and trying to figure out what's the best way to invest your funds, I highly recommend right now you go to kirk slash brianna that's kirk phd.com slash brianna or call 720-605-3900 that's 720-605-3900